We've been, I don't want to say battling those two questions, but we've been discussing and thinking through and talking about the idea of who am I. We're in the final week of this series, identity series called Real Me, uh, More Than Insta. I just, I, I, again, three times in a row, I love that subtitle. <laughs> the first week we talked about we, be, we live out who we believe we are, that we all are searching for and trying to answer those two questions. Who am I? What am I here to do? And we eventually come to a conclusion about who we are, and we start living those things out. We, we live out who we believe we are. And then last week, we talked about this truth that identity is something that cannot be achieved, but it needs to be something in our life that is received. And we looked through the scripture of Jesus' baptism when he came And it was an example for us, and and he was getting baptized for us. One, when he would say, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We be baptized like our Savior and Lord King was baptized. But also, in that moment when he was baptized and when he went down, the heavens opened up. And the Holy Spirit came down like a dove, landing on Jesus in a voice was heard saying, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And we talked about this reality that our identity is something that is received and not achieved. What God says about Jesus in scripture, about him being his son, his child, is true for us. And we talked about that. So tonight, what are the implications of this? Tonight, I want to get us to this point where we are able to define and answer the question, who are you going to be? Tonight, we're going to have opportunity to continue to worship. We're going to have opportunity to hear the identities of who God says we are in Scripture read over us and to receive them. Before we get to that moment, I want to talk about an aspect of, of who God says we are, an aspect of what we receive when we become followers of Jesus. In Acts 1.8 says this, should be up on the screens. If you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. A part of who we are, of who God says we are, an aspect of being a follower of Jesus and of having relationship with God is that we are powerful. And it's not powerful in and of our own sense of the things that we can do and the strength and ability that we have. It's this idea of receiving power. Like our identity is received, not achieved. We don't achieve the power that comes from God. We receive the power and we receive it from the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13, 14 says this, and now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. He identified you. You've been sealed as God's own by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. You have received the Holy Spirit when you said yes to Jesus. That is an aspect and a part of who God says you are. And so we're going to dive in just a little bit to this idea of power. And in, in, in the Greek, in, in 
The Acts, this word power is used seven times. In the Greek, it's dunamis or dynamis. And it's where we get our English word dynamite. So it's not just power in me having the ability to do something or even me having the strength to do something. It's you have dynamite power. You have power that is explosive and real and big. More than you could ever imagine. We've received this power through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has appeared throughout Scripture as a being through and by whom great works of power are made manifest. I'll say it one more time. We have received the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has appeared throughout the entire Bible as a being through and by whom great works of power are made manifest. We read all over Scripture of God's mighty acts being done, and they're done through the Holy Spirit from the creation of the world to the risen Christ. Do you believe and do you live with the reality that this power resides in you? This power created the suns and the moon and the stars. This power breathed life into Adam and Eve and therefore even brought life into us as God was knitting us in our mother's womb. This power of God through the Holy Spirit was the power that parted the sea for Moses and the Israelites to cross over and to escape slavery. This power sent manna from heaven that the Israelites would be provided for, wandering in the desert. This power was the one that made the walls of Jericho fall. This power is the one that made the sun stand still for Joshua that he would be able to defeat his enemies. This power sent fire from heaven for Elijah to prove the prophets of Baal wrong. This power kept Daniel from getting eaten by a lion. This power kept his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from burning in the furnace. This power of the Holy Spirit brought God himself into the world as a baby. This power was a power flowing through Jesus as he healed the sick and the lame, as he gave sight to the blind. This power is the power that delivered people from demons and evil. This power is the power by which he was risen from the grave defeating sin, saying death no longer has a sting. This power is the power that will be in existence in reality when Jesus comes back for us. And you will receive power from the Holy Spirit. Do you live in the reality that this power that has done all these things resides in you? that you have been given access by a mighty God, your Father who loves you, to do great, amazing, wonderful things. We, amen. We've received this power to be what? To be witnesses to the entire world. What does it mean to be witnesses? I'm going to show you another video that helps us understand if we want to know, and we talked about this, who we are, 
but not just who we are, what our purpose is and what are, what are we supposed to do. We need to look at the person of Jesus to understand what it looks like and what it means to be a witness. God has enabled and empowered us to accomplish his work here on the earth. He enabled and empowered us through the Holy Spirit to accomplish his work wherever and whatever it is. You will receive power through the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. Where? For them it was Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You have received power through the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses in Brookings, in all of South Dakota and the United States and to the ends of the earth. He has enabled and empowered you through the Spirit to do his work who you are. Look at who God says Jesus is. What is he asking you to do? To continue on the mission that Jesus came to do to help every single person come into relationship with God. And we can only come into relationship with God through Jesus. Jesus, amen. Jesus was baptized. And we read that last week. He came out. The father said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And in a As soon as he got done being baptized, it says the spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. And what happened is that Satan, our enemy, the devil, came and tempted Jesus Christ. And he tempted him. And what he tempted him was he went after his identity. He said, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. After Jesus receiving his identity from the father, this is my son, who brings me great joy, who I'm well pleased with, goes into the wilderness led by the Spirit and he gets attacked and his identity is attacked. And he gets through the temptation and when he gets through the temptation, he starts his ministry. And he gets into his hometown and if we want to know what it looks like to be witnesses in Brookings to our families, to our friends in our dorm and our workplace, In South Dakota, wherever we're going, if we want to know what it looks like to be a witness, we look at what Jesus did and came to do. And Jesus tells us that you've been empowered and enabled by the Spirit to do these things. He gets tempted. He goes to the temple in his hometown. He opens the scroll for the reading of that day. And in Luke 4, it says this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus, who the Spirit was on anointing him, came to do those things. Will you leave that scripture up real quick? And now Jesus telling us we receive power through the Spirit says, you want to know what, how to be a witness? You want to know what to do? Go and do these things. Proclaim good news to the poor. Proclaim the good news that yet you were created by God to be in relationship with him, with him, but sin destroyed that relationship and created a gap, created a way for you not to be in fellowship with him. But the good news is, is that Jesus came and died for you and was risen again, that you would be able to be in relationship with the Father, reconciled to him, redeemed for new life. You want to know what to do? 
how to be a witness, proclaim that good news. Another thing that Jesus did is he was sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Freedom from addiction. Freedom from torment. Freedom from fear. Freedom from anxiety or stress. Freedom from having to be someone that God says I'm not. Freedom from sin. He came and he said, help people recover their sight. We have dynamite power at the palm of our hand, not because of us, but because of the Holy Spirit. And he says that power heals people. You want to know how to be witness? Pray for healing for people. You have the power within you, resides in you, to help the blind recover their sight, to help the lame walk, to help the dead be raised. Jesus said that his disciples were going to do greater things than he did when he was on earth. We are his disciples. We have the power residing in us to go and bring healing to people, to set the oppressed free. We live in a world of injustice. We live in a world where the weak get preyed upon by the strong. And one of the greatest things that Jesus did and one of the greatest things that Jesus was for is he was for the weak and the oppressed and the poor. He says, you want to know how to be my witness? Stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. We live in a world still of slavery. And you can take that how you want, but it's true. And it's not just spiritual slavery. People are sold and bought on a daily basis, not just across the sea and the ocean, but here in our home country. You have the power within you and ability. God has enabled and empowered you to set the oppressed free. And he says, finally, he came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You want to know how to be his witness. Proclaim, proclaim the truth that Jesus came to set people free, to bring hope to the hopeless, to break shackles for those who are chained. And that year is, and time is now. We are witnesses as we pursue these things, recognizing that it's not us in our own strength, so we don't have to be afraid, but it's the Spirit who empowers and enables us to do those things. To stand up for those who are weak and can't stand up for themselves. To proclaim good news, the gospel of Jesus to people. To set the oppressed free, to proclaim freedom for prisoners. To declare the year of the Lord's favor, the time is now. And one of the best ways that you can be a witness as you pursue these things is what you're a witness to is your own personal story and transformation. How has God healed you? How has God told you and brought good news to you? How has God breaking chains and shackles in your life? Where has God brought freedom for you? Tell that story. Do not be afraid. Believe and know that the power of the Holy Spirit resides in you, will give you the words to tell people the good news of Jesus. Do not be afraid. 
Do not be afraid. We're going to go into a time of prayer. I'm going to have the band come up. You will receive power from the Holy Spirit to be my witnesses. We are witnesses in our own story of personal transformation where Jesus has broken chains, where he has freed us from addiction, where he has freed us from anxiety and stress and fear. We are people in this room have stories of personal transformation, of being set free from oppression and injustice. Do not be afraid to share that good news, to proclaim now is the time. Now is the time for people to experience the power and the reality of who God is and what he has for them. So would you just bow your heads with me? Father God, we thank you so much for these truths. That the power that raised Jesus from the dead resides and lives in us. Therefore, we do not have to be afraid of what the world and what the enemy is going to throw at us. We do not have to fear when we don't know what to say in situations where we encounter our friends and family who need to be encouraged and prayed for. For it is true that a part of our identity is that we are powerful not because of us, but because of your Holy Spirit. And so tonight, even in this next couple minutes as we pray, if there's an area in your life tonight where you need healing, where you need freedom, where you need redemption or reconciliation, I want you to pray for it. Because we have a God who says that the Holy Spirit is available to do those things to heal and to redeem and to reconcile, to bring freedom. We're gonna have people in the back able and ready to pray for you and with you. Maybe there's an emotional torment that you have that you need God to relieve. Maybe it's a physical ailment that's been bothering you for a long time that you need someone just to pray over. And here's what we're called to as Christians. We're not called to have an expectation of when the healing will come. We're called to pray and have faith to believe that God will do the healing, that God can do the healing. But even if he doesn't, he's still faithful and good. I wish that all your pain and suffering and frustration, your stress and anxiety could be lifted now. But all I can promise you for sure right now in this moment is that God is for you and not against you. Is that every step through the pain and the frustration and the hurt, he's been with you. So if you need prayer for something, we have people in the back wanting to and willing to pray for you. For we have the Holy Spirit who resides in us who is dynamite power. And if there's nothing that comes to mind for you for healing, 
what I want you to do is just pray and ask for the Holy Spirit and the power of the Spirit to fill you. That you would ask even now to be able to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. That he would fill you and encourage you and as you get filled, you would feel empowered to go and not be afraid to do the things he's asking you to do. Who is he laying on your heart right now to go proclaim good news to? Who is he laying on your heart right now to go pray for healing? Who's he laying on your heart right now to bring Jesus to that they would be set free? Father, we love you and we give you tonight. Holy Spirit, even now, fill this room. Holy Spirit, right now, fill us. Empower us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are a seal given to us, that you, being God, remind us that we are a part of the family of God, that we are sons and daughters, and that can never be taken away. Thank you for what you're doing right now, God, in this moment. We love you. We praise you.